Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you, our listeners. Welcome once again to Voice of Islam. Here at Voice of Islam, we seek to educate the general public on questions, concerns, and issues they may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. Voice of Islam is brought to you, as I said, by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And for the sake of our new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. May peace be upon him. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community believes in peaceful coexistence and also rejects any form of violence against God's creation. The motto for this community is love for all and hatred for none. Today on Voice of Islam, we are taking a look at social justice and Islam. 20th of February um, each year is um, commemorated as World Day of Social Justice and that is three days ago and as usual, I am joined by Imam Tariq Azim, President and Missionary in Charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community. Imam Tariq, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. May peace and blessings of God be upon you all. And welcome once again to Voice of Islam. Thank you. So I, I stated that um, three days ago, um, the UN celebrated a day which is you know, earmarked as World Day of Social Justice. And um, that's basically what we are dedicating today's program for. As a religious community which believes in the promotion of peace, social justice, and all the other factors, my first question for you um, is take listeners through what social justice is and why even there is the need for the United Nations to celebrate this day. Yes, absolutely. Um, in a society, uh, I mean, we are still struggling as a world, as a, you know, mankind. We are struggling to establish social justice around the globe. When we say that we are trying to acquire or achieve social justice, what it means is that everyone in a society is treated with fairness. They're treated with justice. Okay. They're treated equitably. Everybody has, a, you know, uh, whatever they deserve. Um, they have equal and fair opportunities. That's what social justice is about. It means that there is no uh, discrimination against anyone for any particular reason. This talks about removing racism in our society. Talks about removing ageism, differentiating or discriminating rather because of... Uh, uh, somebody being older or younger and uh, removing any unfair treatment of women also talks about uh, eradicating poverty because poverty um, it becomes a problem in this sense particularly that it gives 
uh, or it deprives the people who are you know below the line of poverty uh, of very basic rights such as education or good health care and things like that so social justice requires or demands that uh, everybody should have fair chance uh, as the other people or as the other parties around them and uh, this is basically what social justice is and uh, UN celebrates this day 20th of February as world day of social justice or sure. world uh, social justice day uh, the purpose is to basically work on these agendas or these things that I've just mentioned and uh, try to eradicate uh, such injustices and improve education among the people to treat each other in a better manner they also try uh, it's an effort I mean uh, again as Muslims we commend any good effort by any organization or community they, they try to create um, more jobs in the society so that unemployment could be tackled by tackling unemployment they're able to create better opportunities for people who are currently in poverty they're trying to provide education to people and so on I mean there's many other things associated with this but as I explained in a very uh, simple manner we, we can say that uh, establishing fairness and justice in our society in all aspects not in one or two aspects rather in all aspects this is what social justice is and uh, 20th of February is just one day celebrated for sure, this purpose by sure. UN but I believe this is the work that needs to be done by people 365 days of the year and if it is done then um, I mean all uh, I should say many other problems will also be resolved thank you very much and um, if for some reason somebody has just joined us you are listening to voice of Islam brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica and in the course of the program if you want to be part of it please send us a message through our whatsapp line 8762839533 again 8762839533 um imam tarik the definition for you know this day um according to the un is that um basically it is uh, an international day recognizing the need to promote social justice which includes efforts to tackle issues such as poverty exclusion, um, gender equality, unemployment, human rights, as you mentioned, and also social protection. But one thing that um, is I mean, fascinating to know is that this day was just approved by the U UN on the 26th of November 2007, and the celebration actually started um, in 2009, which is almost like just 11 years mm -hmm. ago. So for an organization like United Nations to start something which is of high significance in society just 11 years ago, as Muslims, the Holy Quran is over 1,400 years ago. And I believe in the course of the program, I'm going to ask you to take us through what the Quran says about some of these you know, injustices and also the need to promote peace. So Islam, as I always say, is always ahead of the world in most of the things the Quran, you know, provided some of these um, instances 1,400 years ago, and the United Nations just, you know, 11 years ago started this um, recognition of this day. So that just reminds me of one thing I just wish to add here. I know, sure. um, I know you're about to move on to the next question. See, the world is very behind when it comes to establishing equality and justice in the sure. society. 
Islam is miles by centuries ahead yeah, in this manner. I mean, um, one of the countries in the Western world that we look as a champion of uh, establishing, you know, uh, social justice in the world is U United States of America. Sure. And when you look at just about 60 years ago or so, in the 1950s and early 1960s, uh, on a bus, the people of color and white people could not be on the s in the same area. Yeah. They could not go to the same restaurants. They could not drink water from the same tap. This is just 50 or 60 years ago, and this is what these nations are, you know, uh, which we consider to be champions these days. But look at Islam. 1400 years ago, over 1400 years ago, people of all different backgrounds, colors, some lower caste, some higher caste, because many a times there were caste systems in those areas, they were all going to the mosque together, standing shoulder to shoulder, making no distinction between them. Sure. And, and this is a very clear indication that how Islam established um, social justice or worked to establish social justice. And I know we will get into more of that discussion later on. Yes, and um, when, when you, you stated the bath and uh, you know, the segregation between um, people of color and you know, who, who are of different color, it, it brought my attention to uh, Mahatma Gandhi when I was reading about him not long ago. Um, his experience in South Africa, which, you know, changed the, the entire concept he had about, you know, life and how to fight for uh, freedom. It is stated that he was on a train in South Africa um, in the first class, on the first class coach. And some white people who were in the, in the train could not understand why a person who is not of their caliber should be on the first, you know, um, the first the class. color, rather. Yeah, who is not of, of their color could be on the first class and they agitated until he was taken out though he had a ticket he had everything which was legitimate for him to be on the first class but then he was taken out of it that's what started the whole you know thing about him trying to fight for the freedom of other things so that brings us to my um my second question um what is the stance of islam when it comes to social justice and i would want you to give us some quranic you know references and s to support these arguments Yes, in our uh, scriptures, Islamic scriptures, uh, for those of our listeners who might not be aware, uh, the most uh, important scripture is the Holy Quran, which we believe to be the word of, exact word of God Almighty. And uh, it has been preserved and protected in its original form as it was revealed to Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, 1400 years ago. The second most important scripture in our uh, you know, in our religion and our faith is the sayings of the Prophet, Holy so Prophet so. Muhammad, peace be upon him. And uh, they are basically, in a way, the commentary or explanation of the Word of God Almighty. Okay. So I will definitely be referring to some of, uh, uh, you know, both scriptures here. Sure. And uh, to begin that, what is Islam's uh, point of view or stance on social justice? Uh, there's a verse in the Holy Quran which says, Kanan Nasu. Ummatan Wahida. This is chapter 2, verse 214 yeah. of the Holy Quran. This phrase, Ummatan Wahida, is repeated many a times in the Holy Quran. And it talks about how uh, mankind has always been you know, created as one nation, as one community. So, this is the teaching given in the Holy Quran that mankind is one community. Sure. Nobody, no race, no ethnicity, no you know, geographical location is superior to another. This is the teaching given in the Holy Quran and it has been repeated many times. 
And basically, if one understands this aspect, it removes all kinds of disputes. May it be of racial dispute, of ethnicity, or any other kind. When God says that you are one community, it means a person from Asia, another person from Australia, another sure. person from North America and Africa. We are all one, meaning like one community, one family, even if we are miles apart. And this teaching was given 1,400 years ago. Exactly. And this is repeated many a times in the Holy Quran. God Almighty, in another chapter of the Holy Quran, acknowledges and says that there is uh, different tribes different communities among you. I quote from chapter 49, verse 14, God Almighty says, O mankind, we have created you from a male and a female, and we have made you into tribes and sub-tribes, that you may recognize one another. So God Almighty in this chapter recognizes that there is males, there are females, sure. there is a, um, you know, tribes, and then even sub in the tribes, there are sub-tribes. Sure. But he uh, explains why it is done. He says, so that you may recognize one another. But goes on to say, Verily, the most honorable among you in the sight of Allah is he who is the most righteous among you. Surely, Allah is all-knowing and all-aware. So God Almighty says that none of these things, the tribes or the sub-tribes or being a male or a female, nothing gives you superiority over another person. Sure. What makes you more special in the sight of God, more important in the sight of God, is your piety, is your righteousness. If you are righteous, then God Almighty likes you, God Almighty loves you. Otherwise, I mean, just like many other people uh, in, the, in the sight, you know, in the world, we are all created equal. That's what sure. God Almighty is saying. So this again is a very, very clear verse that what is the Islamic teaching on social justice? And I don't think... And as far as I've studied other religions, I do not find any such very clear teaching which uh, removes any kind of uh, you know, division in the community, in the society. Another uh, occasion, as I mentioned, the sayings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, they also hold uh, a very significant value in Islam. His last sermon, which is known as the farewell sermon, he said some things, and uh, there's a, it is actually a longer sermon. I'm just going to sure. quote a passage yes. from there, sure. which should be sufficient to um, give the Islamic point of view on social justice. The Prophet says, All mankind is from Adam and Eve. An Arab has no superiority over a non-Arab, nor a non-Arab has any superiority over an Arab. Also, a white has no superiority over black. Nor black has any superiority over white, except by piety and good action. Learn that every Muslim is a brother to every Muslim, and that the Muslims constitute one brotherhood. Nothing shall be legitimate to a Muslim which belongs to a fellow Muslim, unless it was given freely and willingly. Do not, therefore, do injustice to yourselves. So here we are talking about social justice. After stating that how you are all equals, equal. your uh, you know being an Arab or whatever country that you belong to does not give you any superiority. any superiority. Being from one race or another race does not give you any superiority. And he says that you're all you know brothers. You're, there's one. All Muslims are you know in one brotherhood, and that applies to the whole world. All peaceful people of the world. They are one united community. That's how they should be. 
And he says that which belongs to another person, do not take it unjustly and finishes off this paragraph by saying, do not do injustices to yourselves. So we're talking about social justice here and I feel this, this, this is very relevant and it clarifies the Islamic point of view on social justice that what the teaching of Islam is. I can go on quoting many, yeah. many verses. I mean, for example, there is a, uh, the golden rule that we find in many, many, you know, in di several different religions uh, that are basically stating the same thing uh, in different words. Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, we know the golden rule, do unto others. And similarly, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon so him, so said, Thus you should desire for others what you desire for yourselves and hate for others what you hate for yourself. This is, I believe, this golden principle, uh, golden rule, which we know it as, it is the uh, very uh, fundamental in establishing, in, uh, establishing social justice in the world. This is what we need to practice. What we do not desire for ourselves, we should not desire for others either. See, I mean, we see uh, this happening in many of the countries of the world. The developed nations, I'm just giving one example sure, here, sure. just to uh, clarify my point. Yeah. We see that developed nations, some of them, what they do is that their garbage, their junk, their items that they do not um, need anymore, such as old um, you know, computers and things sure. like that, which could sometimes, some of these devices could be harmful, harmful yeah. to them. What they do is they ship them off to poorer nations um, and you know, probably give them some amount. And f see, it is causing the same damage to them that it could have been causing to the first sure. world countries. But because they can afford, pay money to get rid of them, they do that. So this goes against the very teaching given here by Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that you should desire for others what you desire for yourself and hate for others what you hate for yourself. So if you don't like something done to you, then you shouldn't do it to others either. This is the golden principle which we know it as. It is uh, in many different religions we find it. And again, Islam again very beautifully explains. And it is the foundation or the very fundamental teaching in establishing social justice in the society. Uh, we, we have talked about gender equality uh, you know, or fairness, fair treatment of men and women in the society sure. in several of our programs. And there are tens of verses in the Holy Quran which says that neither man neither male nor female is superior to the other yeah. except in you know uh, the good actions that they do and good actions, yes yeah. and uh, so i mean without even getting into that that we, we islam is very straightforward and clear on that matter i will finish this um, uh, you know you uh, this understanding of what islam teaches about justice with one last verse from the holy quran this verse is taken from chapter 16 verse 91 yeah. And this verse is so significant that every Friday prayers, every time when Muslims gather for um, service on Friday, this verse is read out each and every time. What does it say? God Almighty says in this verse, "Inna Allaha ya'muru bil adli wal ihsani wa ita'idil qurba." Muslims know these words by, by heart, heart because yeah. because they, they hear it every single time in the Friday sermon. What is the translation of this? Yeah. God Almighty says, Verily, Allah enjoins justice and the doing of good to others and giving like kindred or like family. Yeah. Giving to others like giving I mean, to others like, like we give to our like own we give to our family. own family. This is the teaching given in Islam. 
This is the point of view of Islam on social justice. This verse, I think it needs more clarification. Sure, sure. See, it, the, um, in, in the Holy Quran, Muslims have been given three types of standards to, to, you know, to hold fast. What are those? The lowest of that standard is justice. We're talking about social justice. That is the lowest standard given in the Holy Quran. That you do unto others as, as you would want them to do to you. Or if somebody does you a favor, you do a favor yeah, in return. That, that's what is called justice. Basically. That is what is called justice. So Islam sets that as the bare minimum for a Muslim. But God Almighty says that you should go a step beyond this. What is that step? As it is mentioned in this verse, doing of good to others. When we say doing of good to others, it means we do not expect Any anything kind of in return. But keeping in mind, even though we all do good works, but many times we still have some kind of return that we want. Expectations. Even if it might be as little as a thank you. Sure. See, if I help somebody and he doesn't say thank you back to me, I might feel a little like bit offended. Somehow. A little bit offended. Sure. Why? Because I expect that thank you from that person or some appreciation from that person. I'm not expecting that person to return the favor, but that little bit of uh, you know um, appreciation, wanting that appreciation, puts it in that second category. So again, it is still better from the level of justice that you are doing something without expecting any reward, but we still uh, want some appreciation or something like that. And God says that if you have reached that stage, then you should strive to go even higher from this stage. What is that stage? Giving like kindred, giving like giving to others like it's a family member. The or like a mother, a mother would exactly. give to the, the, the child without expecting even the, the baby. Anything in return. Sure. See, mother gives uh, its child, you know, whatever food or milk or whatever it desires. She doesn't even say that you have to say thank you. Right? As manners, she might teach the, the child, child as he is growing up sure. or she's growing up. But a little baby, like an infant, which the mother is feeding, she's not going to expect anything in return. She keeps on doing that favor without expecting anything in return. And that stays that way as the child grows older, that she would never want anything. Mm. And same, same with the father. Fathers sure. don't expect anything in return either in most cases as well. So this is what Islam says that you should try and attain. This is the, you know, I should say social justice or this is the type of community Islam uh, desires for each Muslim to have. Thank you very much. And, you know, I would come to the, the verse you, you quoted, which by extension you said sets three um, levels of justice for Muslims to uh, practice. But then in the, in the earlier part of your submission, you stated that the the bar that Islam sets when it comes it comes to justice, you've never seen it in any of the religious scriptures, particularly when the Holy Quran says that God created all mankind, one, and then an Arab or a non-Arab, black or white, don't have any superiority over the others. I, you know, something came to mind in the in the Holy Bible specifically. You see, there are some kind of um, teachings, which obviously. Um, purports to give some kind of superiority over a certain race that they are the chosen ones and regardless what they do God has already chosen them and for the others who are not part of that race regardless what you do God has not chosen you yeah. that is a very unfair way of analyzing that God has created people and then he would say okay for you I have chosen you whether you are a criminal or you are whatever 
Once you belong to this race, then I have chosen you. And for the others, no matter what you do, you are not chosen. Islam is giving this um, level, you know, teaching that God created all of us equal. The colors that we have, the skin color, um, our height and other things are, you know, just to beautify God's creation. Just like when you go to um, a farm or in a garden, you are not expecting to see one type of flower and you want to see, the more you see different types of flowers, it makes you, you know, enjoy the, the, the garden even more. So this is what Islam um, teaches. And this teaching were given 1,400 years ago. One thing I would also um, urge listeners to take note of is that when you come to the mosque, when Muslims are praying in the mosque, there isn't any place reserved for the rich or any place reserved for the poor. Whoever comes first, you have the right to the first row. And even if the world's most richest person happens to be a Muslim, and the poorest person anybody could think of is also a Muslim, and they go to the mosque. By then, the one who is poorer goes to the mosque first. That poor person has the right to the first row, and the one who is richest comes and stands by the one who is, you know, poor. So in Islam, there isn't any um, caste and that kind of level where you go to some churches. I've, I have seen there are some chairs and seats which are reserved for some type of people, and, you know, the others are... So that, that's a very interesting part. The UN um, have set this day of um, social justice. But then you are saying Islam puts justice as the minimal or the minimum set of um, good or fair dealing a person, a Muslim, should you know, channel out to other pe- person. In a way, sure. you can say that justice is not even goodness in itself. Yeah. Justice is the bare minimum that as humans we should be um, having as a character tra- trait, sure, right? Like we go to the, uh, to the uh, to a shop to buy something, and we, for example, we buy some uh, perhaps some milk or something, and we pay the shopkeeper uh, the money for that. That is justice. So we exchange things. This is basic level of basic, justice. Yeah. Neither I am being a good person there, or the and person, or the person you being good. There. So this is not justice, and justice is beyond this. This reminds me of a very good example, actually. From the time of Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, Muslims, newly converted Muslims, they were rising uh, in their spirituality and uh, their dealings of other people very quickly and rapidly. And, uh, you know, during the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, such transformation had come that it it was amazing. It is, it is, we are yet to see that kind of transformation anywhere else in the world. It is mentioned that a man one time came from the village. And uh, he wanted to sell his horse. In, uh, this is in Arabia. Sure. He wanted to sell his horse. So he went to the market where people, other people were gathered. And he, got, so, so he found a, you know, a buyer. And they got into a dispute. In the course, in the course, of, um, in the course of their... In the course of selling, the, selling and buying the horse. Exactly. They got into a dispute. But you would be surprised what the dispute was about. The dispute was that the seller wanted to sell it at a... Right. Minimum at, at, at a, a reasonable a cheaper, price, a cheaper price, a cheaper price that he thought was sufficient for uh, that type of horse, also keeping in mind his own expenses and whatnot. But this buyer felt that the price was too low and he wanted to buy it at a higher price or he wanted to give some extra money to that gentleman, thinking that what you are asking for this is very little. 
Why was why was this happening? Because both of these men were, were mindful, were Muslims, were mindful that Allah the Almighty uh, is, 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 is going to hold us accountable for all our dealings. So both wanted to be cautious in their approach. So this is the type of society Islam created and this is beyond justice. That you're not just looking to exchange two things and be like, okay, this is justice. No, you're trying to be, trying to do good to the other person while just maintaining your bare minimum, trying to do better to the other person. This is the teaching of Islam and we witness this, we see this in the life and in the time, especially in the time of Holy Prophet Muhammad peace upon him and, and decades and to follow and after. It keeps, it, it keeps going for so long as the Ahmadiyya Muslim community does exist, such instances, you know, there are numerous, numerous of them. And um, it is such an I mean, interesting example you give, particularly when two people, one selling, one buying, they have to disagree. And the disagreement was not that the, the one who was selling wanted to cheat the one who was buying, which is the general norm that we see in our societies. However, the one who was selling wanted to give it at a cheaper price and the one who was buying wanted to buy it at a higher price and that was the cause of their disagreement. Um, let's look at... Um, let's take a look at this. Um, you know, always in the, in the media, we often hear about um, several human rights violations in some societies which are seen to be Islamic countries or Islamic societies. How do you, you know, justify this in line with the beautiful teachings we have given from the Holy Quran and also the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu See, um, these are the teachings that I have explained before you. True and sincere Muslims will abide by these teachings. And the countries, some of the countries that you're referring to that they have... Uh, human rights violations and other problems in their country, they're not supported by Islam. They're, their actions are not supported by Islamic teachings. And uh, I must say that they're going exact contrary, opposite to the teachings of Islam. And they need to be reminded of the teachings of Islam. This is very simple and straightforward. And I feel that uh, this is also a fulfillment of a prophecy of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. 1400 years ago he had stated that a time will come after some centuries when people will turn away from the actual religion. They will call themselves Muslims. They will go and offer their prayers and whatnot. But the essence and the spirituality and that kindness and love in humanity and that unity will not be there. At that time he said a messiah would come, a reformer would come. And he would bring people back to the original teachings of God Almighty. And by the reformer, you mean the the, the person, um, the personage of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, who I, you know, alluded to in the beginning of the, yes. the program. Yes, the founder of Ahmadiyya Muslim Community, sure, sure. the community that we belong to and represent here on the radio today. So this is one of the reasons. And when we look at the actions of those Muslim leaders in some, or I should say, uh, countries which is, you know. Uh, are usually associated with Islamic teachings which actually do not follow Islamic teachings at all and compare their actions with the um, the way our community uh, you know does various projects around the globe you will see a stark difference you will see that Ahmadiyya Muslim community following the teachings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam of uh, you know the, uh, the what is mentioned I, as I quoted earlier in uh, in, y and in the answer to the previous question. You would see that 
So this is where the, uh, it is a fulfillment of that prophecy due to which we see this uh, problems, especially in Muslim countries. And unless they accept the, uh, the Messiah and the reformer of this age, it is uh, impossible, I should say, that they will come back on the right track and uh, deal fairly as Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, has taught us. One thing um, I want to highlight here, as we were already discussing, sure. when we compare the early Islamic society, the society that was established by Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and then, you know, continued to, that society continued to nourish under the guidance of rightly guided successors, rightly guided caliphs, as we say. That community, we are yet to find that kind of community anywhere in the world today. See, in the West, we, uh, we, we see that we are still struggling in the present day with uh, many problems such as racial problems and whatnot. Islam, 1400 years ago, resolved these problems. Sure. In the United States of America, I'll again give the example because we are here in North America. It's, it's very relevant to us. See, the concept, or not, I shouldn't say concept, but slavery itself ended here very recently, just over 100 or some years ago. Yeah. And then we had that period of segregation, as I mentioned earlier, that where people of uh, you know, one race and the ra all the other colors, they had to be separated. So in, but in Islam, we see that immediately as Islam comes in Arabia, they also had these racial problems. But once Islam comes, it you know, gives equal rights to all the people, people of all different ethnicities. The second uh, successor of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he, it is mentioned that one of the uh, persons who used to be a slave in, uh, before Islam, and uh, he, was, uh, he had no respect in the society at that time. But once he had become a Muslim, and among the Muslims, he was treated not just as, a, uh, you know, as an equal, rather at times he was given more respect than other people. The leader of the Muslim community used to address him as Sayyidina. That, O oh, our leader, O our, leader. Oh, our chief. This was the rank given to him through Islam. And that is the rank given to people or uh, that this is the treatment or this is the um, you know, just, justice and uh, equitable treatment given by Muslims to all the people of the world. And as you mentioned already, Ahmadiyya Muslim community, our community, is an example of this today. Sure. We see from people all over the world, um, you know, wherever they live, they might be living in Asia, they might be uh, in Africa or in Jamaica or in any other part of the world. You would see that they have very similar values. They give importance to social justice like no other community in the entire world, together as a whole. Yeah. Right. I mean, for example, you yourself, myself, we have attended our international conferences in, in the UK. Over 40,000 people, people attend that conference different, different each geographica, year geographica. from all over the world. And you go into the, you know, the marquee, you're sometimes sitting with the person from one country, sometimes from another country, and there is no differentiation. Sure. In 2019, I remember when I went, I was uh, sitting uh, on one time with a gentleman from Mauritius. He was a doctor who had been okay. uh, serving in, at one of the you know, community hospitals there. And uh, just in conversation, uh, we, we weren't necessarily talking about any religious topics, just about life generally. Sure. 
So I, I, I still remember very clearly an advice he gave me. He was an elderly man. He said that, um, you know, you, God has blessed you with children. You should spend more time with your children because the time passes very quickly. I still remember this. And sure. again, um, the reason I mean, I'm mentioning this is because we come from different parts of the world and we sit together. Nobody thinks that I'm superior to the other person or whatnot. We're all, uh, you know, um, coming from different parts of the world, still give each other that equal respect, respect that this yeah. man or this elderly person is from, you know, whatever country, I'm going to give him more respect. Sure. This is a child from another country. I'm still going to treat him like my own child or anyone from my own community. So these things, I mean, uh, I, you know, I would say that Ahmadiyya Muslim community today stands out in this manner that we see uh, equality, we see justice, we see fairness in all our dealings, in all our actions. And, uh, you know, it might sound like... Uh, uh, that uh, we, you know, we praise ourselves we too much all, sometimes. Yeah, we, we blow in our own horns. Yeah, too much. but uh, if you go uh, out and read some of the comments given by people who who have been to our conferences, who have seen our community from close, you would you would see that this is very exactly what they say. And when you know we we hear those who don't belong to the community say this, it is a very clear reflection that what our community is, tr is truly about. Sure. So I, I, I invite my fellow Jamaicans to come and attend our conference which happens here annually but even any other program and see that how as you know brothers and sisters we gather together and we do not differentiate between people because of their uh, ethnicity or race or anything like that. Thank you very much and um, if you just joined us you are listening to Voice of Islam brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And today, on Voice of Islam, we are discussing um, social justice and Islam, the contribution Islam makes uh, towards social justice. And uh, we stated that um, three days ago, the United Nations celebrated um, 20th of February as the International Day of Social Justice. And uh, we are taking a look at what Islam, um, what contribution Islam gives when it, it comes to um, social justice. Um, Imam Tariq, so from the, um, the response you gave to the question which was um, in the media we hear and also sometimes we see some um, kind of uh, human rights violations in, in so-called Muslim countries. You are saying that um, the fact that those countries may claim to be Islamic countries does not guarantee that what they are doing actually is um, supported by Islam. However, the beautiful teachings of the religion is beautifully written word for word in the Holy Quran and also the examples of the Prophet Muhammad which is clear for all Muslims to, to see. Um, when you were speaking, Yemen came to my mind. Look at what is happening in Yemen now. Yemen is... Um, supposed to be a Muslim country and let's ask ourselves who are uh, I mean contributing to these atrocities and killings in Yemen they are also so-called Muslim Saudi Arabian you know they are, they are friends so of course the Quran is very clear sets forth the rights and responsibility that Muslims have to you know discharge to the society to God's creation however in today's world and today's age, 
it is only members of this community who can say for sure and you stated that not even we ourselves blowing our horns but people who are not muslims testify that when you know they are in our in our um our gatherings and when they are in our midst they they see the true reflection of the um islamic teachings particularly as it is um outlined in the holy quran before we move on i i just wish to uh, give a quotation here uh, from one of the member of parliament sure uh, in canada uh, she was in presence of uh, the spiritual head of ahmadiyya muslim community yes. worldwide leader his holiness mirza masrur ahmad and uh, this is what she had to say uh, in regards to the community and his message uh, uh, you know directly she said your holiness whatever you say is always based on truth and sense i just wish that today we could have gathered all the world's leaders here into one room so that they could hear your message of peace and justice directly the world would be a far better place if world leaders followed your example and listened to your words interesting so i mean i am quoting uh, these words of a member of parliament who does who is not a muslim who does not belong to the community yet she is so fond of uh, of the you know actions of our community that she she is very clearly speaking that what your message is what you say to the world sure. so truthfully that you know she uh, wished they could the gather whole the whole world could sure. hear this message hmm. so uh, i mean again uh, we don't just say it ourselves rather the uh, many people in the world uh, who do not even belong to our community testify that our efforts that we make stand out from uh, you know in 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 rest of the world or among other communities of the world thank you very much and at this point i would um basically ask you to take us through the efforts the ahmadiyya muslim community as a whole is um doing in ensuring to establishing social justice in the world see social justice is about achie- um, achieving um, equal opportunity or giving equal opportunity to all the peoples of the world uh, our community uh, it is you know we we do uh, beyond our means what we can do we do beyond that and try to help the people around the globe and uh, one thing for example in many parts of the world where they don't have running water uh, our community tries to go and uh, you know our engineers go there and set up water wells for the community see it seems like um, a small thing but this is a thing that this is an a matter which deprives people of basic uh, basic life necessity see if you have to travel every day maybe 1 kilometer 5 kilometers to get water how are you going to have time to excel at your studies how are you going to have time to excel at your business yeah. how are you going to have time to excel at uh, many other aspects of life because you're too busy or to uh, occupy it in trying to gather just the necessities of life so this is just one example that our community tries to do is t- uh, each year thousands of places these water wells are uh, are put put together for the betterment of uh, you know uh, poor communities then we have schools throughout africa and many other parts of the world we try to provide education and not just uh, uh, you know average education but very high quality and good education to people in areas where there is they don't have schools for miles we have hospitals in many parts of the world 
in some countries we, where we don't have hospitals, we try to organize medical camps. So these are just different activities that our community is always doing. One thing that I, I, I mean, I, would, um, I must mention, our community has established vocational schools in many of the developing countries. And I think this is one of the most excellent tools, giving them skills, teaching them skills and trades. And through that, they can stand up on their own feet and do their own businesses or work or whatever they need to do. So this is, you know, what is our community. This is just a, you know, summary or a few things that our community is doing to eradicate poverty and give education, provide education and health care to give equal opportunities to people from those poor countries as the people from uh, first world countries have already. Secondly, I refer to our uh, caliph, our spiritual leader, uh, His Holiness Mirza Masroor Ahmed, the worldwide head of, uh, of our community sure. who resides in London and guides the, the Muslims, Ahmadi Muslims across the globe. He himself, he goes around to different countries meeting with the leaders of various, you know, of various places. And he himself is motivating them, reminding them of their responsibilities. Without fearing any lashback or backlash or anything like that, he goes out and tells people that what their responsibilities are. And I think we've spoken about the, um, the book, um, Word Crisis and Pathway, and Pathway to, to Peace. Peace. Sure. Correct, yes. And one thing that he always emphasizes on is justice. That if you do not establish justice in the society, particularly while addressing the first world countries, the leaders from there, he tells them that if you do not establish justice, there will be frustration in other parts of the world. Sure. Or even in your own country if, if there is injustice there. And due to that frustration, it will cause chaos, violence, and many other problems in the community, in the society. He has been to many different parliaments across the globe, such as uh, you know, the Capitol Hill in the US, the parliament in Canada, in Ottawa, the uh, European Union parliament in Brussels, and in, in England, and many other places. Each of those places, when he goes, he speaks very directly and boldly, and tells them, that what mistakes you're making in establishing social justice. You claim to be establishing justice in the society, in the world, but you are, you, you're doing many things wrong and you need to change your ways or otherwise we, you know, we are headed towards another catastrophe. And uh, as you mentioned, we have referred uh, to that particular book where these lectures are published. Sure. Anyone who is interested, uh, they can contact us at our number that, that has been read out, 876-283-9533, and we'll be happy to provide a copy of this book, which is uh, titled World Crisis and Pathway to Peace. So this is, um, you know, uh, one of the other things that our community is doing. And beside the caliph, but under his direction and his guidance, members around the world belonging to the Muslim community, they go out and try to speak out against any injustice that is taking place in their community. They try to remind people of their responsibilities, especially the leaders in their communities. So again, uh, there's many, many things that uh, Ahmadiyya Muslim community is doing in order to establish social justice in the world. And uh, um, I mean, just go online and search. You'd be surprised at um, what are those humanitarian efforts and works that our community is doing. Even here, each year, we organize uh, annual summer camp sure. at our mosque. 
and the purpose is to provide education to those children who cannot afford to go to the summer camps run by uh, some of the schools around here. So we provide free education to those children. Uh, also, I mean, our community tries to help out poorer individuals, poor uh, families by providing them some basic means sometimes every now and then. So within our means, we try to do everything we can to help the people around us to speak out against the injustices taking place in the society. And this is what the responsibility of a true Muslim is. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, as we stated in the discussion, Islam gave some of these rights 1,400 years ago. However, if we look at the Western countries today, they appear to be um, the, the torchbearers of justice. However, in their, their actions and other things, there seems to be some kind of um, hypocrisy. If you look at, as I mentioned, Yemen, Saudi Arabia using weapons purchased from UK, France, Germany, US, and some of these weapons are only allowed to be sold when there is a severe, you know, confrontation. However, there isn't any severe confrontation between Saudi Arabia and other things, but they are using some of these weapons and committing this deadly. It is not secret any longer. What do, do you see the approach of the West in terms of promoting peace, as they say? See, uh, as you mentioned, the torchbearers of international justice, there might be, there are many good people, many good leaders and politicians among them. But overall, the policies that Western nations, developed nations have, uh, you know, made for themselves, they are, these policies are such that they're committing hundreds of injustices against weaker nations, developing nations. You just gave an example of Yemen. The weapons that are being used by Saudi Arabia, they're not, uh, they're own made. No. They're purchased from other developed nations and Western nations, and then they're used sure. on, on weak countries such clearly, as Yemen. Clearly, UK, France, and, and some of these weapons are not supposed to be sold by, by the international I mean, um, law. And even if they have to be, then it has to go through parliament and other processes. They shortcut all these institutions, pass by, back past them, and sell them to Saudi Arabia. And I mean, besides this, there's uh, the economies of many of the poorer countries are controlled by developed countries, sure. right? There, there, there are sanctions on them that what they can grow, what they cannot grow, how much of what crop or certain other thing they must produce to, you know, because of the loans or whatever they have taken. So all these things, they, they, you know, Western nations, this is one type of injustice that they commit, that they stifle the economies of other countries. They do not, do not give them the room to grow. Right, and then we see that from third world countries, um, items are purchased from them for mere cents, and then sure. they're sold for hundreds of dollars. Sure. Right, we look at the coffee industry, coffee, cocoa, which cocoa, cocoa which is, yeah. right again is one of the most uh, uh, sought after. Um, you know, chocolate is sure. one of the most sought uh, sought after dessert, and it it sells for very high prices. But where it is uh, developed, those farmers, what percentage of that amount that the companies are earning is reaching them. Sure. Insignificant. Nothing. May not even one person might be reaching them in some cases. There is many other things. And even if you look at, uh, you know, shoes or clothing or other industries, you would notice that the, the, the you know, things that are designed or uh, prepared and sold for uh, $100 for like, a, you know, uh, for pants or something in the Canadian or U.S. markets or U.K. or one of these places, what 
amount is reaching the manufacturer maybe 5% of that amount or 10% of that amount is given to the manufacturer and the rest is all uh, taken up by the big corporations and, uh, and th you know they're pocketing <laughs> the all that money so this is all injustices and then we have talked about this again in several occasions uh, western nations overthrow governments in the name of justice in other countries and then the result is that those nations become way more crippled and uh, you know completely destroyed annihilated after uh, the the interference from these western countries so these injustices need to come to an end and uh, again i mean just by saying that we are celebrating this day it is not sufficient until uh, as the golden principle goes that you know uh, they must desire for others what they desire for themselves until this rule is followed we cannot establish social justice thank you very much and um, at this point I would like us to take a few minutes to listen to a short portion of one of the speeches given by the spiritual head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community on this topic of you know, world peace and also um, social justice um, as a whole. The Prophet of Islam, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, said that a person should desire for others whatever he desires for himself. I believe that this timeless principle is as true today as it ever was in the past. Certainly every person desires peace for themselves and to be saved from all anxieties and worries. Every person hopes that he or she has the means to live comfortably and without hardship. Every person seeks good health so that they can enjoy their lives free from pain or difficulty. Every person craves good standing in their community and respect of others. In a similar way, every government and every nation also seeks such prosperity. However, how many people or nations are there who truly desire peace, prosperity and success for others? In terms of verbal proclamations, it is very easy to say that yes, we do desire the best for others. However, in practice, it is much more difficult and challenging. Wherever there is a conflict of interest, most people tend to prioritize their own interests and welfare over and beyond the rights of others. This is true at an individual level and also true at a collective and national level. Today, Rather than selflessness, sadly we tend to see selfishness. Most people or nations prioritize their own rights and are quite willing to relegate and demean the rights of others in order to fulfill 
their own goals and ambitions. In terms of the Muslim world, it is because the leaders and people have discarded the true teachings of their religion, that they are now driven by their division and unrest. Put simply, the leaders have failed in their duties to protect their people and to safeguard their rights. And in turn, rebel elements have also deviated from what is right and just. Instead of traveling upon a path of justice and integrity, we have seen time and time again the world's major powers being concerned only with fulfilling their own interests. Whether they decide to side with the Muslim governments or the opposition groups is not dictated by what is fair and what is right. Rather, only by which party better serves their own interests. Yet, according to Islam, our desire and motivation to fulfill our own interests should always be matched by our desire and motivation to fulfill the rights and interests of others. If acted, acted upon, this is the golden principle that will unlock the door to true peace and security. Thank you very much for you know listening and I think with this short um, speech by the leader of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, His Holiness Mirza Masrur Ahmed, we draw uh, the curtains on today's program. And to our dear listeners, I say a very big thank you for always being part of Voice of Islam. And also a big thank you to Imam Tariq Azim who always finds time to join us on this program. Until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. It is love for all and hatred for none. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you.